Okay. Good evening, everybody. So, uh, we, we, we ended last week, we were talking about the qualities, we're, we're gearing, we're aiming for Kesser, for the crown, for this high level of being doyme, uh, of, of, of following the ways of Hashem, of divinity, and we talked about what we see, and what we hear, and what we think, uh, and all these different ways, and how we're supposed to um, emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the, the, the Ramak then comes back, Amnam Yadanu, he started with Anava, he started with humility. He says, It's impossible that to be on this very high level consistently in, uh, and, and at all times. Bipnesh, and not only, not only because it's very, very challenging, but also, Hakarish Baruch himself, we know, I, I mentioned that in, in the spheres, and, um, you know, the way Hashem deals with it Kabbalistically, these ten spheres, how Hashem deals with the world, um, Hashem doesn't always interact with the world with the character trait, with the attribute of, of Kesser. Sometimes He deals with Gvuro, with, with more judgment, with more Din, other times with Chesed, different ways He deals with the world. Um, and basically, the interaction, actually, I'll just tell you very briefly, because um, I'm, I'm teaching twice a week, eighth grade, Jewish history. Um, so I just this week I'm teaching them about um, Shabtai Tzvi. And in order to understand Shabtai Tzvi, actually I, 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 on the history series that I gave uh, in California many years ago, I discussed this then as well. So obviously it's a different crowd and a different level. Um, but, but I mentioned to them that when we talk about the spheres, that the ten ways... Hashem deals with the world. That the 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 early commentaries ask, well, if it's Shmai Hashem Hashem there's one Hashem. How do we understand these ten spheres? And just very briefly, what I, what I told them is what the Rivash, who was a great Spanish Rishon, lived in the 14th century. He points out that basically it's like a sun ray going through a prism, and you see a rainbow. That's how this, it's really, it's all, it's all really, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a most manipulation. It's not really true. It's, it's that one sun ray, it just comes out in different ways. So too, the seven different colors, so too Hashem, we understand Hashem in this world in different ways, there's different spheres, even though there's one Hashem. Let's leave it at that. But Hashem will deal with the world in different ways, not just this way of Kesser. She'en agvuras po'alas ve'yamiyadu, there are certain days where Shinagvur's Paulus, but there are certain days where it's only Kesser. In other words, there's no judgment, there's no uh, different levels of, of giving, it's at this high level. And therefore, we should try to emulate Hashem. Why? There are days, Shakesser Shoilat Behem, or even hours, or periods, or Shoilat, this high level of crown of Kesser Shoilat. Oz, when you're in those days, and are those, those times which we'll elaborate on momentarily, that should be the only hanhaga, the only way a person acts. Uh, there should be nothing. Um, so he says, So the days where, where, where it's only one of giving and humility and Etc. In those days, a person should only have this relationship of Kesser. What's an example? On Shabbos. On Shabbos, when the world is sweetened, which means all judgments on Shabbos are sweetened, which means as far as Hashem, how Hashem deals with you and I in the world is one of speeches. We know that a Bezdin a Jewish court which cannot adjudicate on Shabbos. So therefore, Therefore, all of the things we talked about last week on how we should think and hear and see, even though a Bezdin, a court, has to adjudicate and they have to hear two sides and there's a fight, there's a machlekes, you don't do that on Shabbos. Shabbos is a time where we're at this very high level. So, for example, ideally, everything being equal, a parent would not punish uh, a child on Shabbos. If you have to rebuke somebody, Shabbos would not be the time to rebuke a person. Actually, I once saw that Ramat Yisrael Salman, the Mashkich of Lakewood, amazing thing, 
Tzgir Chaleker about Ramat Hasan and said that when he was a bachar, when he was a student in the yeshiva, his rabbi, Rabbi Eliyahu Elia Lapian, told them that um, they should work on, particularly on Shabbos, on not getting angry at their friends or being annoyed. And he told them that one day, that one day, um, they're going to get married, and you'll see that the hardest time, the most challenging time, for a person not to get angry is at Shabbos, when you have a lot of kids at the table. <laughs> I can attest to that. Um, so you have a lot of kids at the table, and all or or or, or you have all kinds of tension, or, or Arab Shabbos going in. You, so he told them when they're still seventeen-year-olds, eighteen-year-olds, nineteen-year-olds, practice now when your roommate annoys you, especially on Shabbos, not getting angry. So about the Seal Solomon said is like he was a little at the time he was a little surprised, like what's the big deal? But when he learned Tomer Devora, when he learned this safer, he realized because Shabbos is Kesser. And on Kesser, Kesser, that you, you, we have to aim for this being like Hashem and not getting angry on Shabbos, not fighting on Shabbos, not, not judging on Shabbos, not rebuking on Shabbos. It's not the time, even though there will be a time for that. It's not to be on Shabbos. Shabbos is this level of, 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 of Kesser. Um, and actually, in Nusuk Sfar, the way the Hasidim Davin, they say, on Musaf Kesser, that's the, the, the Nusach that they will, will say, Amachad, uh, of course, is Ashkenaz, but, but they, they'll actually say Kesser. Uh, so we should have a mind to tap into this Kesser, this Oiris of how Hashem deals with the world of tremendous abundance of goodness, and there's no judgments of harshness that can be tapped into. And actually, Matasel Salman said you, that, that, that because of that, that there is more tests on Erev Shabbos. Going into Shabbos, people are super stressed. And on Shabbos, because they're, they're, without the effort, you really can't tap into the highest levels. And so they're very often on Shabbos, in times like that, there's a, there, there's a Yitzhahara that tries to pull a person away from Kesser. <laughs> that really at the time of Shabbos, it should be Menucha, tranquility, Peacefulness, you know, closeness, family unity, unity amongst community, unity in general, and simcha. The Yitzhara has all kinds of tactics to pull a person or a kahila or, or people or a family away from that. But really, our goal is to push all of that away, push any conflict away, push any judgment away, push any anger away on on days like Shabbos. And if, because if a person acts in the opposite of Kesser, they won't tap into the, the spring, the spiritual spring of Kesser. But, um, and in our tefillahs we do it. But again, especially when, you, when people daven or Ariza or other Kabbalistic, they'll try to tap into this, uh, you know, especially if they go for a high level of Kabbalistic davening, which is called Kavanasari. On Shabbos in particular, people will try to tap into this sphere of Kesser. Well, if we act not that way, we push away the connection to that spirituality, to that Ruchnis, through our deeds. If the spheres of any judgment or, or, so to speak, anger is not, and of course it's not real anger, but how we perceive it, Lo Yishra Kesser behind means when when the when the judgment is going on in Shemaim, there's no Kesser, right? Um, so too, I feel you'll shame Shemaim, even if it's the shame Shemaim. Kol Sheken Shlo Yishra Kesser or Olav. That if we act a certain way, we're not going to get that Kesser. So if you have Magam Shubal Lo Erol Hamilas Talyanus, and certainly if it's um, uh, if it's if it, if it's um, uh, you know, if it's given like an external anger of cast of, of anger, kama how you know how much how much um, you know a person wants it, but it's, it's it's brazen to think they'll tap into it. In or Imagine the following thing. Just imagine. I've seen this. 
people go out a child's wedding or a family a family wedding and they get to a fight at the wedding. Like you think to yourself, and I actually I I saw this a couple of times. Uh, it, it's so tragic, but you're at the wedding. Like it's such a time of simcha, such a time of joy. Now you're getting into a fight at a wedding at your family's wedding. It's not the time. It's not a place for this, right? Uh, it, it's just not the time and place for that. And, and Shabbos is not the time and place for conflict. It's not a time and place to get upset. It, you know, anything which is going to get you upset or, or anger, it, it's not that time and place. And therefore, you need to push it off. It's not now, right? If, if, you, if you, someone may make a mistake, but at your child's wedding, or your wedding, if you have any seichel, if you have any cup, Right, Shabbos is our wedding. Shabbos is this time of keser. It's not a time to get into an argument. It's not a time to get angry. It's not a time to lose focus on other things. Sometimes you have to deal with stuff, but to the extent possible, deal with and push it off afterwards. If people are having family meals and there's big kids and there's little kids, and some big kids still act like little kids, right? Uh, or there's a spouse or whatever it may be, it's not the time. Shabbos is not the time. Um, or, uh, if I can interrupt you for just a second. Um, yeah, sure. This was really a message that I really needed to hear because there was a possibility of someone coming up to the Shabbos. Okay. I have to push off. So thank you very much. It's like a boss call, you know? Uh huh. Good. I, I, I don't know, you know, sometimes it has to be, you know, it, it's funny. Sometimes people would say to me, um, you know, to speak or still, still, you know, you were speaking to me, and it is a boss call. Well, everything we hear, we're supposed to hear. So good, I'm happy. I'm happy, but thank you, Rob. Okay, good. Um, so in or a kesemiskala moment, then writes to the gals. You you won't tap into it, right? At your own wedding, if you're angry at your wedding, you're not going to enjoy your wedding, right? And and here, it's not just enjoyment; it's actually being able to link in. You know, you think about let's say Purim, which is simcha. You can't be happy and angry at the same time, right? It doesn't work. And with the Kedusha on Shabbos, there's Keser. Shabbos, Yom Kippur, actually mentioned Keser. I remember, I'm I'm very proud of Ashkenaz. I always, I always believe that, and I'm, you know, someone asked me recently, you know, all four of my grandparents came from Hasidic blood. Uh, and I, do I want to connect with Hasidic? And I said, no, no. I, 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 I learned a lot of Hasidic Sfarim. Uh, but certainly, I, it doesn't doesn't speak to me per se. But I told the person, I said, if a person should always be happy with their path. <laughs> you know, I have no problem with a chassid is very tzafid and happy, happy. But that's the way it should be. You should, person should see their derech in life as the best for them. So I'm a very proud Ashkenaz. So there's a chassidish who lives who I daven with on Shabbos. Very chassidish. He was a gabai for a major chassidic rebel. And he said, I was right next to him. He said, oh, before Rosh Hashanah, how do you not say keser? In Rosh Hashanah, because Kesser, you know, Kesser is the Musaf of Nusach Sfar. Like, how do you not say Kesser? Which, you know, um, and the truth is, it's, it's a nice thing. You, for, for those who have the minute to say Kesser, right? Rosh Hashanah, Shabbos, Yom Tov, all these days are times of Kesser. They're times of, of, of Kedusha, of holiness, where God, is Mashpia, gives in, to, to the world uh, a, a positive spiritual force, which we're all supposed to tap into, period. In general, whether it's Torah or Tefillah or, or or connection, certainly it's not a time for a conflict. It's all of our weddings at some uh, at some level. And then he adds, he said earlier there are periods of during the weekdays tap into Kesser, and that's when we're learning Torah and Tefillah. When you're learning Torah and Tefillah, it's davening is not a time for anything. Uh, of such sorts. It's the same thing with Torah and Tefillah. We know, by the way, in particular, but Torah and Tefillah during the week, the, the, the Zara says when a person's learning real learning and real davening, they, actually there's no din on them. There's no judgment. You means at that moment there's a level of connection to HaKadosh Baruch when a person's, I'm not saying saying the words, I'm saying person's really davening or a person's orangutan involved in Torah study at that moment, there is no judgment. You know that David HaMelech, the, the Satan, was trying to kill him, and he couldn't. It was David's time to go, and he couldn't get him, because David was learning. So what, what the Satan did is he blew a wind, and it, uh, it knocked down a tree, and a tree slammed down, and David got up from it to see what it was, and then the Satan killed him. 
Because as long as David HaMelech was learning Torah, the Satan could not touch him. There's no din at the time of learning Torah. There's no judgment at the time. It doesn't mean if you're sitting there chew- chewing popcorn, listening to uh, some Gemara share. It means you're, you're, around, you're learning Torah, you're involved, you're shakua, learning. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's, there's, there's no din. Same thing by, by tefillah. And these times we as individuals should emulate our Kaddish Baruch Hu, which because there are times of ain't shy gvurus, and they're, they're shot, rather they, they are, there are periods of shas gilui harats and ha'elyon. It's when the supernal uh, will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is how he guides the world at the highest level, is doing the Chorin and and we should follow with me. Usharshas, at other times, we do have to be judgmental, make decisions, and deal with conflict resolution, are all kinds of th- th- times. But these are not the times and places. Right? But it says, even the other times, of course, it doesn't mean to, to lose, our, lose track of ourselves. That's what we discussed. But in, in, in a balanced, calm way to deal with things. With, uh, to deal with things. And then it's permitted to use the other midas at those times. And a person, um, when he does it, will also tap in to tremendous siyat l'shmaya, if at the right day and time, you deal with it, whether it's educating a child, whether it's talking to a spouse, whether it's conflict with neighbors in the shul, or trying to, you know, I just, I mean, you know, I just this week somebody had a conversation with me, and I'm mulling, this is a communal thing, and it's actually, uh, would, it's a very big communal thing, and this is in a big city over here, so I'm mulling in my mind how I'm going to try to have some kind of resolution for it, well, if I'm going to meet all kinds of people and deal with a delicate matter, the time is not at my yomtif or on Shabbos. It'll be the time during the weekday, and there's a good way to do it. And if a person does things in an intelligent fashion in those times, so basically that they will tap in also to tremendous siyat and from the other midas. Lafichach therefore tzarko adam lahargo atzmo be'elam is ma'amat by kar shiitbus. And by the way. If we want to tap into Kesser, especially on Shabbos, Yom Tov, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, when we're learning, when we're davening, that, that should be, and by the way, when we're learning, we're davening, we're tapping into Kesser, the most important thing he says is that all the things we talked about last week, about our thoughts, uh, about uh, our, our, how we, what we hear, what we judge, how, all of that, but the most important me that was the first, and that is a novel, that is humility. It's the the foremost aspect, angle of Kesser, and everything else is under humility. By the way, the the Zayhar, the works of Kabbalah, actually the works of, many the works of Chassidus and Musar, stress humility as the the most important anava, the most important way to connect to Hashem. Now, when we say humility, it means knowing that everything comes from Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu, his greatest thing, which Chazal, which our sages, which the Torah itself stresses, was the Anava of Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu knew he was the leader of Kali Yisrael. He was the one who led Kali Yisrael. He understood who he was. And yet, Moshe never had any, any, any feeling that anything came from him. It means he understood he was the greatest man of his generation. He would, would be the one to go in front of Paro. He'd be the one to go up to Sinai. He'd be the one to, 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 to even throw down the Luchas by the Egel Hazav. And he never lived with anything but a feeling uh, of everything comes from, uh, uh, from Hashem. Actually, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a the Rebchaim uh elaborates on a Zayar that says Moshe, the difference between Moshe and Avram Avinu, that when it says Avram, Avram, there's a break. It means there was some break between Avram and Shemayim and Avram in this world. Because Avram said that the, 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 the Ruch HaChaim, which is the Ruch alone, says, he says, V'nachnu ma ki salin He says, who are we that we should, that, 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 that you know, in, in, in an act of, um, um, that, you know, Avram was this, this level of, you know, who are we? Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, right, it was not, um, excuse me, Moshe Rabbeinu was V'nachnu, let's take it back. Moshe Rabbeinu is Menachnuma. Avram said, Vanoichi offer ve'efer. Take it back. Avram said, the Ruchan says, I am offer, I am dust, and efer ashes. Moshe said, We're, I'm nothing. Who am I? 
So Avram still felt he was offered the for the Chazal tells. And Moshe literally felt that everything he had in this world is but for Hashem. And even though uh, 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 Moshe was the greatest person and understood it, he lived with this tremendous anava, this tremendous humility, and that meant there was no blockage. There was no blockage of his connection to Hashem. That's why Moshe had the highest level of prophecy, because there was no physicality which blocked him from connecting to Hashem. There's a lot to talk about that. But the point is, is that a nova, you know, the Katskareba, is to say, where do you find Hashem? Anywhere you let him in. When, in our lives, the more we realize that everything is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more all of our successes and all of our challenges comes from Nar, from Hashem, we will be more connected to Hashem. And, and, and that's a lot easier said than done than to, to live with that. Moshe Rabbeinu lived with every every iota of his being without without reality. And therefore, that is how the highest level of Kesser comes. Because Moshe Rabbeinu led Hashem into his entire existence as a person and as a leader throughout his life. A person has to understand that there's no erech, um, there's no value in himself per se. Not, not the value that Hashem gives you the gift, but it's not you, it's not me, it's not me. A person has to understand that he or she themselves are nothing but what Hashem gives them. That's what says the Pasuk says, Moshe says, and Avram would say, Avram was a level we can't comprehend either, but there was some, he still compares himself to dust. He still felt himself as something. Moshe was an iron. Now, we don't like to hear this. Moshe felt he was like almost like loathsome. It doesn't mean man is the purpose of creation. Certainly a tzaddik like Moshe. But it's, there's nothing intrinsically uh, about a person. When a person lives with this level, then they can come close to Hashem. Right? And then all other meters come. The Ramban, Nachmanides, says to his son in the Igeris Ramban, in the letter of the Ramban, um, that Ekev Anava Yir, one second, actually, I'll write down one second. It's the Lush of Ramban. Ramban says, when a person um, accustoms himself to, to, to deal and to live with humility, with anava, and that means even when you're dealing with all kinds of people, and the Ramban, which we will get to as we, we, we elaborate soon, he said every person you have to look at is greater than yourself, and therefore you're, you have some level of humility, of embarrassment, and fear of hurting another person because you have such humility that Rabban says this to his son, and you're scared of Hashem, and you're certainly you're scared of sin because of your anava. As Tishra Alecha Ruch Hashchina, then you'll have Hashem in your life. You'll have the divine presence, the Ziv Kvaida, and the the, the splendor of the connection of of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and you'll be a person of of the world to come, um, and. Um, and therefore, when a person's ma'masik tummy to acquire anava, kol means everything comes after that. A person, the tremendously humble, will have every other midah, all other great character traits will come. Just like Kesser is the first midah. We understand that you and I, every second, are, are, are never are created by Hashem, and Hashem literally gives us life and all of our intelligence and health and everything that we have is comes from Hashem, that reality. Um, which is a person doesn't believe anything is coming to them. Okay? And then when a person has that reality that everything is a gift, they live in a world where everything is a gift and they don't we don't expect, you know, anything. We, uh, no, no, no expect. Now, this is there's a fine line over here. There's a gesher tsar mode because Reb Simcha Bunim Mipshischa, who was uh, the Hasidic Rebbe, who really founded the Pshischa school, which is which was became the mainstream Polish Hasidic movement, including the Ger Hasidim, Alexander, Ishbitz. Um, Amshinov, I go down the line, so many of the Hasidic groups in Poland 
where his students used to say, on one hand, you should have a pocket that says, with a paper that says, that for me the world was created. And in the other pocket, you should have a paper that says, so we we so that we are nothing and we but that we're but the world is created for us, which means we need to have ambitions and goals and drive and, and, and understanding of what we, we could and we should be doing and and dreams and, and, and a focus, but to realize that everything we have comes from Hashem. <laughs> it's this dichotomy, a person has to have have both. That's how a person becomes great in all areas. But it starts with the novel, that idea that, that everything is from a Kodesh Baruch Vani Matsasi, and therefore the Ramak, who, remember, the Ramak is this tremendous Mukobal, this tremendous leader of Kali, so the person who the Arizal would come to study by, who were the Marami Pano, who was this great Italian sage based all of his works off um, in Kabbalah. And he himself was a tremendously person. As close as he got to Hashem, the more and more he realized that everything is but from Hashem. And it teaches now how you and I could acquire a novel and not lose this focus as well. But in Matzasi Terufa, I found a remedy. How we could slowly but surely, and we know that, of course, like we discussed previously, every Nida, a person has to acquire you know, with a build-up. If it's going to be real, it will be over time and build-up. But this is what we can strive for. Through this, a person could heal themselves from arrogance. And enter the gates of humility. And by the way, arrogance doesn't just mean the person, just actually a Tyson thing. I had one of my team, one of my, the, the executive office, which I deal with the most in the school system, I had about 20 people. I brought in, this is an amazing story, there's a, a Jew uh, who I met, he's a very, very accomplished person. He, he coaches major companies. Uh, he's the head of a very large nonprofit himself. He's in his late 70s. Um, and, you know, I met him, he started listening to some of my shears, you know, conservative, reform type Jew. Uh, listening to some of my articles, and he got, I got, became very close with him. And he drove 60 miles today, just today. Uh, it's the second time he came to speak to these 20 people. And before he came today, he gave, um, he gave us all uh, the Myers-Briggs personality test. So you get, you know, all, for free, he did the whole thing. The guy drove, he's a very busy man, he's in Europe all the time. And I, just because of, he made a friendship with me, and he happens to have that pinthily, and you feel not only his goodness, but his Yiddish spark. That lies in him. He was so happy to come, and I showed him the yeshiva, and he was, he was, he was, he was blown away. Um, but he gave this Myers Briggs test, and it was, it was amazing. You know, the Myers Briggs is the personality test, and he actually, we had gave it all of us, all to our whole, this whole team, and uh, and then he analyzed how you know everyone should be working together and all the different personality types. So the the let's say there's 20 people, let's say 12 or something, 13 who were introverted. It's like probably more introvert, and seven were extrovert, uh, and all the, the typically the fundraising type people or the marketing were extrovert, and a lot of people doing finance and tuitions and whatever were introverts. But what's amazing to me is I deal with all of them, um, and some of the introverts have a lot of gaiva. It doesn't mean because you're quiet that you uh, that you are more humble. It just means you're more quiet. You, you could walk around and there's, you know, we learned with Salsa Sharm, which I, I taught at one point, and a person cannot talk to others about himself, but think about himself and really believe that they are right and they're always right or really believe that they're God's gift to the world or that they're the gift to the world and they can't leave God out and they can be very quiet and not talk about it. And so Gaiva, you know, it's, it's actually sometimes easier for the, the, for the person who you and I would typically associate with arrogance or lack of humility, that person, because they'll be aware of it. Anyone who has some self-knowledge will know if they talk about themselves all day, they think that they're, they have to work on Gaiva. But we're talking at a very high level here. Many of the quieter introvert types also have a lot of Gaiva, sometimes even more Gaiva. They, they'll just laugh at everyone else because he thinks, she thinks she's so great. But really living with a level of, um, 
of, of that everything is but Hashem and all of our success is but Hashem. It's very hard, and I'll, I'll tell you about even a good witness test of this. When things don't go your way, <laughs> you'll see some of these quiet, introverted people will get really upset because they do have gaiva. And I'm not, and the point, and I'm not saying they're more or less an extra. I'm just saying when we think about arrogance and, and being a blockage of connection to Hashem, don't imagine that it's only the person who's the, the guy who's saying, I'm the greatest, you know, the, the Muhammad Ali's are all dumb. I'm God's, I am the greatest. You know, those people, so somebody walk around, I am the greatest. And other people say, oh, you know, I'm the best in my class, or I'm the smartest in my grade, or I'm the best at this. And they talk that way. But there are many people who never would say that. They'd be embarrassed if they don't say that. They think it, and they live it, and they live in their own life that way, and they get angry when it doesn't work out their way. And, 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 and I'm just stressing this because I just had this, my office having this thing there's, that there's no right or wrong of personalities. There's extroverts or introverts. There's, there's a thinking personality, a sensitive personality. Like there's all these, these personalities. It wasn't a question of right or right, wrong with personality tests. It just, that's your preference. That's how you function. In Gaiva, it's important for you and I to realize when we're talking about very high levels of, of a novel, you know, it's not your personality that defines Gaiva, it's where your head is. And there are very quiet people who have a lot of gaiva. And you'll see when they get angry or what they get upset about, and when they feel crossed or, or, or by, by a human or by God, they're disappointed, they're angry, they're upset at the world. They're, they won't maybe not say it, but they're upset at God. They feel gypped, right? So it's very important that no one ever imagine every human being struggles with gaiva. And all of us need to work on a novel humility to become closer to Hashem. So what he's saying speaks to us all, even if we sometimes perceive it, it's talking about this, you know, this, this person who's saying, oh, I am the greatest, or, or, or something like that. I'm the, I'm the smartest, I'm the, I'm the best basketball player. You know, I remember I would play basketball when I was younger. Uh, I, was on the, I was on the team, and I had a friend who literally was like a quiet guy, and all of a sudden he gets to the court, you... Like this, pick up his hands, dancing around, you know, and he would get angry if someone dropped the ball. I, I, I don't think it was just the basketball, you know. It, it just basketball brought it out of him. There's no way he was walking around the rest of his life and thinking, it, it, there's a core, me, this. Some of us will do it on a basketball court, some of us do it in our homes, some of us do it in our jobs, some of us do it the way we think and walk around the world. We, we think we know better, or we're smarter, or you know, etc. So, how do we? What's the truth? Or what's the remedy for this? Now, Rishon Shiaga Atzmo is Boruch Mahakava Kamashucha. It's not good. Honor is not good for you. I remember when I became a rov. Friend of mine who was a Rosh Kailo, uh said to me, "Being a rov is hard. People stand up for you, and then you get used to it." <laughs> uh, now, um, I, 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 this is true. I, I said a child stands up for a parent. Not. It's not good for the parent. It's because the child needs to. Um, a child needs to stand up for the child's sake. And the truth is, a shoal needs to stand up for the Rav, not for the Rav's sake. It's not good for the Rav. It's for their sake. They need to appreciate what a Rav is. They need to appreciate what Torah is. So, but whether you're a Rav or you're a parent or you're a boss, you, COVID's not a good thing. So sometimes it's, it's, it's a hazard of the job, so you have to ignore it and get it out of your mind. It's not about... When I was a, when I was a Rav of a shoal, let's say... It's not, it wasn't about me, it was about the shul. So it's not me. It would stand up for anybody. <laughs> Any rabbi, you'd stand up for. So it's nothing to do with me. But, but to the extent the person thinks it's them, it's them, they better run away from it, lest they really believe. We know that Paro ends up being Paro because Yaakov blesses him. The Nile should rise for him. And after a while, Paro looked at himself as a god because people said, wow, Paro! Look at the Nile rises for Paro, and after a while, Paro literally believed he himself as a god. So there are pe- people who guess, oh, you're the best, you're the greatest, and over time, they believe they're a god. Now, do they believe, does anyone that you and I think they're actually a god? Probably not. But what they do believe is that they forget about god. It's them. They are the greatest. They're amazing. Even, you can even be like, you're the nicest person. And over time, I think, I am the nicest person. I'm really kind. I'm really great. You know, and you forget about yourself. So covered, right, especially when you associate with yourself, it's something you should get, not look for and get away from. Again, sometimes you have to deal with covered. I, you know, I'm telling you as a relative, in my position now, I have to deal with certain things. But it doesn't mean it's good for you, and to the extent you do not, it's not for you. <laughs> and you, the person should distance themselves to whoever 
the extent they can't achieve. It's not actually a but if you get used to it, and you'll become a guy, but you'll imagine, yeah, you really, I really am the greatest. You know that the Rothschilds, uh, Amishal used to sit in a grave. He used to sit in a grave. Uh, so you not lose focus, because he was, at one point, the richest person in Europe. Um, so actually, they just came out of the book on Moshe Reichman. The Reichman family, in the 1980s, were the third largest, wealthiest family in the world. That's including, like, Arabs, you know, the heads of Dubai, you know, Saudi Arabia. They were extraordinarily wealthy. So I was talking to someone in Toronto who knew the Reichmans very well. I knew some of the Reichmans. From these from self I didn't know them as a kid when they were in their, in their, in their peak. Someone said, Meisha Reichman, Paul Reichman, who was the richest of them all, he would come into Shoal and sit in the back, the most unassuming person. You, you, know, you felt bad for the guy sometimes. If you didn't know who he was, you would think, like, you know, who is this guy? He needs maybe Tzaka. He needs Tzaka. He would just walk in quietly, strutting in, like, this is the guy sitting down with prime ministers, world leaders, making, you know, building the, the whole downtown of London and New York. Um, but he lived with this, and he didn't look for it. But anyway, it's in the back of the shoal. He look for, you know, because if you do look for it, if you do look for it, you can actually believe what people tell you. You can actually also believe that it's really you and not Hashem. Um, and, and it becomes very hard. It becomes very hard to be healed from that persona uh, it's with, it happens with only with great difficulty. <coughs> the second thing a person should train himself is a person should see his shameful side. Now, again, this is a, 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 we live in a world today where there are a lot of people who lack self-esteem and self-worth, um, and so a person has to be careful with this. A lot of people actually, it's that they, 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 in today's world, um, feel are, are are actually lacking in self worth. Not not it's in, in, in the 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 lack of calibration. But but to the extent that this is no gaya in Germany, it's very important. We all have human frailties, right? And we should realize that we're not God, and, and therefore all of us are really really vulnerable. Okay, and that's our bizarre that says something. So you know, I, I heard the victim Miller say this many times. The difference between a sane person and an insane person is, is a sliver. <laughs> the most sane person could snap. And, you know, I'm sure you've all seen people who you cannot imagine, and they snap. And they, they, they get broken by life, by circumstances. We are physically vulnerable. We're emotionally vulnerable. And, and the person should keep that in mind to keep themselves uh, humble. Molly said, I need... Person should say, uh, right? Look how, look how person gets a flu and they're sick in bed. Look how weak we are, right? In the a person can lack, make dumb mistakes and dumb errors, or you know, it'll be a little bit vulgar or graphic. Person goes and defecates in the bathroom, but it didn't have Michael parish. We know that the Zayar, the Kabbalistics farm, bring down that. The defecation. The person has to go to the bathroom and, and see, uh, you know, what comes out of him. It's actually it's because we, the, as Rishon says, we lack the the this. That's all pure physical waste. That waste. We know that that in the forty years in the desert, that they did not. There was no. They did not go to the bathroom, and the reason is is because they ate man. And man was purely spiritual. Adam, before the Chayt, also did not go. The fact that we have to give off waste is because of our, that's our physical waste. We just look at us. We're, what, are we, what, what are we? Right? We know that Parah, by the way, I mentioned someone thought he was a guy who would go in the Nile River so no one should see him because he wanted to make himself godlike. Um, but we should remember that you know, a good time, by the way, not only when you go to the bathroom, is to realize that we are very vulnerably physically. Is when a person sick? Uh, you know, and, and therefore it's a reminder to be humble in this world, right? To be, to have humility in this world. And by the way, humility is a gift. Again, I, 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 I'm a, it's a little bit gentle today because so many of us lack self-esteem and that's a different topic for a different time and also very, very important. As I mentioned, two pockets. One, for the world, the entire world is created for me. 
The other pocket, I am but dust and, and afer. So some people say, if you need both, you need both pockets with the letters. You know, he's talking about the, the letter that says, I'm but you know, dust uh, and ashes. But a person also has to have the self-worth. So, um, but this is so precious when a person realizes their vulnerability, they're being honest with themselves, and that's how they come close to Kash Baruch Hu. Number three, this is important. Like also, again, you know, in our day and time, it's a little bit challenging, but a person should be cognizant of their sins. A person should want, therefore, because we make mistakes, we do have sins uh, to be purified and, and rebuke the time and in, in any challenges, be it physical or, or whatever, that we should realize that there are a rectification. You know, when something bad happens to a person, okay, I'm not so perfect that it's not, I'm not deserving. It's a very different thing that a person walks around angry at the world or angry at God or angry at others because they feel they're undeserving of this. Why me? What did I ever do? Don't think I didn't hear that many times. What, or, 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 or the person doesn't actually say those words, but their whole upsetness is clear that they are thinking that way. Um, on the contrary, a person who has another realizes that Adrab, it's a gift in this world, I have atonement because I do have sins, I do have things that affect. I didn't, you know, I, 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 I do need to work on myself. Therefore, by the way, again, this is a level, I'm not telling you, it's not when a person, when they're humiliated by people, undeservingly especially, that has a tremendous rectification for them. Because, you know, it's tremendous because they're accepting that this is just a punishment for, for my life. Now, again, if your person is humiliated and it's, there's negative consequences, they have to deal with it. But if they're just humiliation and there's nothing, it doesn't affect their job, their happiness, their life, it's just a, an act of humiliation. It's actually a gift. Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman, who was a malach, literally, not only the Gadol Hador, not only the greatest sage who passed away several years ago in B'nai Brak, but a tzaddik, a malach, I met him several times, um, multiple times, you know, he, he would say whenever he was, he did a few things in the Israel, even though he was such a great person, which were controversial, so to speak, in certain circles, and people attacked him, and he would always, he wasn't looking at, he wasn't a masochist, but when he was attacked, he, he understood, like, okay, Baruch Hashem, it's a kapara, it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't affect who he was, on the contrary, it built who he was. Um, the Chavetz Chaim at one point cried, he said, because he was a Chavetz Chaim, no one insulted him. He said, I wish I had someone insult me. Now he doesn't, he's not wishing somebody insulted, but he understood if he got insulted, it wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> Life would go on. You and I, we insulted, it's our honor at stake. Like you look at a, you look at a, I was also with Renoch Orlovic, who's a prominent educator in Eretz Yisrael. Renoch Orlovic, he wrote many books. So he said, you know, he told someone, he told someone, told him he was walking in New York, and this guy looked at a, you know, a lower life type person in, in, in New York City for a second, and the guy said to him, like a, a bomb, says, "I kill you right now," and everyone understand. How dare you look at me that way? Like you looked at me insultingly. I can kill you now, and everyone understand. Well, there are people who feel totally justified. If they're insulted and humiliated, they are irate, they're furious, they're angry, they walk around and totally justified to everything that comes afterwards. From you to, right? and on the contrary, a humble person says, you know what? Kaparot avanot, it's a kapara. I have my own sins, Baruch Hashem, I'm at sick. You know, this is, if this has to be a kapara, hine matayim Um, I'm physically strengthened, I'm not sick, I have food, I'm, I got insulted. He's rather proud to get the insult or the humiliation. Right? person makes a mistake, there's a, they mess up, there's a level of humiliation. They're way happier than losing all their money or their health or, their, or, 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 or other things. And on the robber, they're happy. When it happens, it doesn't mean again your person's mask, so a person looks to mess up and be insulted. But when it does happen, a humble person realizes the value of it. The value of it. Vyas, actually, I have a tefillah that when a person gets angered by somebody or someone upsets them, that they should say, Hashem, 
really, I'd be angry or insulted, whatever it is, but it should be a kapara. And, and I shouldn't be angry about this. And it's, just, it's like a beautiful little tefillah. I, I, I have it, I think, trying which, which Rebbe said it. I, I got it from Red Reisman from Brooklyn. Um, he, whatever, I gave it out to my, my, they're close to my wife's family. He gave it to the family. Um, it's after one of these shares. But it's a beautiful tefillah. Whether you say that that tefillah or not, when a person realizes, on the contrary, I could be upset and I'm not, not only is it a kapara, it, it, it's transformative to a person. And these three ingredients are a tachboishis, it's a bomb, it's a remedy, lulibo, for a person's health, the Islamic kol took to accustom himself to it. Ramesha Feinstein, who was the Galo Hador, passed away 30 years ago, was also known as an incredibly, incredibly humble person. And people asked them, well, how do you never get angry? Why are you so, always so muddy? And he said once a person, I worked for decades on this, right? Again, we work on this little by little. Not only are we going to be calmer people, happier people, we'll be caster type people, we'll be holier people, we'll have more Hashem in our lives, we'll have more spirituality in our lives. He says, the person should work in the Omatsasi, Mashka Toyimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
Asakli Bachachma, I'm gonna it's five more minutes, I know it's a little bit late, but just five more minutes on a fish's topic. A Klibachma Gudoilo, who who makes a vessel with tremendous chachma, the hair masel bring other and he and he shows it to people. And imagine, you know, you and I, if you hear a, 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 again a, a concert by uh, no, uh by by Mozart or whatever, we may not understand it, but if, if it Mozart puts in a lot of wisdom to this concert or, or a painting again or, or a statue or a sculpture whatever it may be they're putting a lot into it and if you would insult it their, their music their painting you're really insulting the artist or the craftsman um, the person should be upset when we are denigrated and whether we say it or we think it right when we walk around looking down at people right all you, insulting Hashem. Hashem, how great are your creations? It doesn't say Galu, doesn't say and this that person doesn't say how great, but how large, right? It's Rav Beiso. Hashem, every human being, everything is Hashem's painting, music. It's as art. He and and a humble person is able to go around and honor everyone around him at some level. It doesn't mean that you you know you, you don't realize who's who and what's what. It means, but everyone has a level of greatness. Actually, they say that Rabbi Aaron Bells, the great Bells of Rabbi, my son Aaron, was named after one of the two people. Then there's Rabbi Aaron Bells because I because my two one of my grandparents were from Bells and they have a whole story, actually a, a miracle story with Rabbi Aaron Bells. Um, Rabbi Aaron Bells was a, was was called the Wunderabba. The Wonder Rabbi in Europe, uh, he was on the Nazis' top ten wanted list. The, the Gereb and the Bells Rabbi, when they came into Poland, uh, there were two rabbis on the list that they manhunted for. Both of those rabbis, Bells and Ger, miraculously escaped. And today, Ger is the largest Hasidic group in Israel, and Bells is either second or third largest Hasidic group in Israel. Both of them were miraculous escapes out of Poland. Uh, not for now. But Rabbi Armin Bells, when he came to Eretz Yisrael, he used to always call everyone a tzaddik. Everyone was a tzaddik. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Everyone a tzaddik, a tzaddik, a tzaddik. So one time, one of these people said to Rabbi Armin Bells, said, Rabbi, if I'm a tzaddik, so we can make a shidduch. Right? You know, the, the great Rabbi Armin Bells, I'm a tzaddik, we'll make a shidduch. So Abraham Bell says there's different types of tzaddikim. <laughs> You're a tzaddik, but there's still different types of tzaddikim. And a humble person understands there's different types of tzaddikim. Just because you look at someone as a value in some way doesn't mean you shouldn't deal with a quote, but there's a level of appreciation for everyone and everything. And on that level, Hashani, when you can honor everybody, you can love everybody. The second way to get this level of anava is, is to love Everyone in your heart, and this is the Torah the that says a, a very subtle thing: even the wicked. And that means I, I mentioned before, if, if people are destroying Hashem's orchard and fighting against her, we have to fight them also. But a yid is a yid. A parent always loves a, a, a child. You hope, and siblings should always. Even if you have to stop your sibling, you should always feel a sense of love, and you have to love everyone. It's like your brother. Every Jew, Khalila Vachas. You know, I'm actually I, I, I took the booster uh, last week because I'm on standby whenever they to go to a mission to Israel, which I did three years ago, with uh, a group to fight against reform coming into Israel. I'm on standby, literally. When, when that I got a, 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 an email yesterday that when Israel opens, we're going to go hopefully. Um, so I got the booster last week. Just for that, I wasn't going to get the booster. I had I had COVID already, uh, but but don't think that I think that I, I have any hatred towards any Jew who's reformed. No, I I I will fight the reform movement because they are destructive. But every a yid is a yid, and even even a Jew who's so lost in the reform movement is a Jew, and we love every Jew, right? You know, Ramosha Mendelssohn. At one point, we had a debate with Jacob Frank. I discussed Jacob Frank uh, in my history series. He was one of the major false messiahs, probably the second most destructive false messiah in the past 500 years after Shabbat Tzvi. Okay, and Jacob Frank was an apostate. Okay, 
the man was 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 leading orgies and all kinds of things in the name of Kabbalah. And he, he, at one point, the Polish nobility made him, the Baal Shem to debate him. And a few months later, the, Jacob Frank became a Christian. And when he became, and then he didn't live, whatever, he, for whatever reason he did this. But he, when Baal Shem heard that Jacob Frank, he was subrachat. and said, Rebbe, why are you so, so, he said, because he's much more tumma now. Like, he, the Baal Shem still loved him, even though you fought against him. I think that. Right, even Rishayim, like your brother, you have to sometimes a brother is a brother is a brother, a child is a child is a child. So you don't discipline, but to love, you have to love every single Jew, every person. The Yosef is it. Actually, believe Avas Bnei Adam Kulam, right? You have to you have to walk around loving people, loving people, people, even even people you're gonna you're gonna step up against. The Filu of Rishayim, yeah, most unbelievable, even Russia. Right, even Adam Avinu despised Avarazara, despised evil, and he will daven for Stoyim. Right, because he lived this reality. Uh, you should think to yourself, you want them to do tshuva. Everyone should be close to Hashem. Everyone should be. Everyone should be a Navi. Everyone should probably. How do, you, how do you love everyone? You think about some positive thing they do. You have to, you have to be able to look with glasses and see the good in everyone. It's even sometimes, you know, when they're fighting you or they're making mistakes, they have, there's some passion there, right? There's, there's something good that you could, you could, you could look at. The and when you're looking to, to find some positive in every person, love every person, every Jew in particular, don't look at their blemishes. Right? You know, when you're a parent, you know, it's like through schools, right? So, uh, you know, there are all kinds of parents, but there are certain parents their kids can do no wrong. You know, and these parents are unfortunately hurting their children. But, but there's something beautiful about that. They, they see the plus of their children. I, this child is totally disrespectful. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of things in class and it's the teacher. Okay, that's a different story. And obviously the kids are dealt with the family also. But there's a plus. You need to speak, a parent sees the plus. If, you know, sometimes you speak to people, like you think to yourself, like, are they blind? And the truth is, there's a level where we could be, be blind to a person's blemish. Yeah, right? and, and we often, with people who are not our blood relatives that we see, or people who are and have it in adverse situations us, we don't sometimes see their pluses. Um, see a person would also be impoverished or in that situation. Right? You see this person who is a nebuch, who is a difficult, and who's who's coarse. Right? If I would have been in their situation, who knows what I would be? Right? And we should look for everyone. Um, on the contrary, people who are we find to be repulsive or disgusting. Very often, we should go look to help them. Kimo Ploni, and if a person lives this way, it's it's And a person who's, who is um, sometimes even the, the disgusting person, whether physically disgusting, emotionally disgusting, I will tell you, uh, I'm sure we all know people like this, many people who are emotionally or disgusting um, are just like a person who's impoverished, who has no money. They live poor. There are people who grew up in dysfunctional homes. So you're meeting them at 45, 55, 65, 75. They never grew up with any warmth. They never grew up with a mommy or a daddy teaching them to hug and to kiss. Or they had Holocaust parents or grandparents or whatever it is. Or they, they were born in their deck of cards with emotional difficulties or social uh, or lack of social graces. Right, just like you would give a poor person bread to live, they can live differently. We, when we give people love or see, understand that that we live differently, we love differently. It doesn't mean again we don't have to deal with people for where they are, but there's always this level of love. With and when you when you're looking at this level of where you're, you're accustoming yourself to it, you will get all of these qualities. And if a person can do these things. Acquire another, acquire humility by running away from unnecessary, from unnecessary honor, by 
um, thinking about their own physical, emotional wealth, vulnerabilities when they go to the bathroom, when they're sick, when their money is shaky, whatever it is, and by appreciating that we have sins, we have sins, and even if we get humiliated or embarrassed, it's actually the best gift that we can have. It's not the end of the world. And on, to look at everybody and honor all that we deal, deal with, and to look actually to love even people who at first glance don't deserve any love, that's the way a person could acquire Kesser, the crown, um, you know, not just on a, on, a, on a small level, but on a deep level. And that level of anava that a person comes with it, that will bring them closer to Hashem, that we can ever, ever, ever imagine. Because whether we're required or allowed, whether we have a lot or a little, all of us have what they gain, uh, not just by doing these things, because these are most of the pshitas. If each one of them had own, uh, we will benefit from. But we'll benefit from the package deal of being close to Hashem from it. Okay, we'll pick up next week with the next chapter. Okay?